my friends, it's Andy and Hedia coming to you live from the Western Hemisphere. It's Andy and Hedia, or it's Andy and Pippi Longstocking. <laughs> Pippi Longstocking. <laughs> For the Living Fearless Devotional. How are you, Hedia? I'm very good. Thank you, Andy. You were up very early this morning. Oh, you yes. left me. I left. I hit the road. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But first, you have to tell them about our ministry. Oh, yes. ResurrectMinistry.com. Uh, inspired to create um, a mechanism, a way that people could draw closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't have to step into a church or have any Christian friends if you are encountering the Lord for your first time. We have Bible resources, great books to read, worship music, and uh, not only this podcast and all the previous episodes, but also Andy's Fearless Man podcast. Drop us a line in the comment section. We reach, uh, We read all of them ourselves. And if you care to donate, there is a donor button. Not a donut button, a <laughs> donate button. Donate button. I have a, um, a new book that I think is going to bring even some more goodness to the man podcast. So I can't wait to, uh, to get through that. I, I was thinking maybe doing a little bit of a Bible study through the, um, the man cast. Oh, good yeah. idea. Yeah, I think that's because there's after the chapter, there's um, some questions and, and things that, you know, a little bit of a to do list. And prayer and that kind of stuff. So I'm thinking about that. Good for so you. those of you that uh, know any men, I'm sure somebody out there knows a man. <laughs> Hopefully, God <laughs> send, willing. <laughs> send them to the man podcast. You can find it on our website. So make sure you go there. All right. We're reading from uh, Charles Spurgeon, Morning by Morning, for October 16th. The reference is John 21, 12. This portion of the scripture says, Jesus said unto them, come and dine. And Charles says in this devotional, through these words, believers are invited to a holy closeness to Jesus. Come and dine implies eating at the same table and eating the same food and sometimes means sitting by his side and resting your head on him. Aww. That'd be pretty cool. It is being taken into the banquet hall where the banner of redeeming love hangs. The invitation come and dine also comes also gives us, sorry, a vision of oneness with Jesus because the only food we can feast upon when we dine with Jesus is the Lord himself. Ooh, sounds kind of odd. And oh, what a union it is. It has an amazing depth and is something reason cannot fathom that we feed on Jesus. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. It is also an invitation to enjoy fellowship with other saints. Christians may differ on a variety of points, but we all have one spiritual appetite. And although we may not all feel alike, we can all feed alike on the bread of life that has come down from heaven. At Jesus' table of fellowship, we are one bread and one cup with each other. And as the loving cup is passed, we are joined in spirit to one another. As you get closer to Jesus, you will find yourself linked more and more closely with others who are nourished by the same heavenly manna. Thus, as you move closer to Jesus, you move closer to others as well. The words of this invitation are also a source of strength for every Christian. Looking to Christ brings life, but for the strength to serve him, we must come and dine. We often labor with so much unnecessary weakness because we have neglected, neglected this invitation of the master. This is one diet that does not need to be low in calories. 
oh, the contrary, we should fatten ourselves on the richest foods of the gospel so we may gain strength from it and then fully employ that strength in the master's service. In summary, if you desire closeness to Jesus, oneness with him, love for his people, and strength from him, then come and dine with Jesus by faith. There is um, a little bit of, of um, a difficult. It is thing. a bunch of the, the <laughs> a bunch of people ran away after yeah. hearing this. They got so freaked out by it. I, I I wonder if in the original language, which would have been what Hebrew, in this particular, do you think? It's New Testament, so no. Something Greek. That oh it, no, it, but what language was Jesus speaking in? Yeah. Oh, that's a question for our audience. I know the the Bible's in Greek, but does that mean he was speaking Greek? No. Mm. I don't know. Oh my goodness, I feel so dumb. Anybody know the answer to that question? <laughs> don't feel dumb. What language was uh, he actually there's speaking? There's a lot of different in? languages that they, that were used, but I'm just no. Wondering. But which one was he speaking? Yeah, in? that's true. I don't know. And. In Jesus' language. Um, <laughs> I'm just wondering if in the original words, if it was equally as difficult to know whether he was talking about oh, truly yeah, no. eating his flesh. No, he he used, that's why I looked at, remember what I was telling you? I was mm-hmm. looking up the the words. They are literally flesh and blood. He used those literal words. But the whole passage, he was telling them, and that's why I pulled up the whole passage they were deaf. They were not understanding him. And so he just kept getting more and more dramatic. Mm. Uh, and he was making the analogy to manna because he's saying, you even had f- heaven, food fall from the sky, and you still didn't believe. So if I give you my, my blood and my flesh to eat, you, you're, it makes you even crazier because mm. you just don't believe. You just don't understand. And I think it was he was trying to make, I think he was doing two things in my limited understanding. He was trying to make a point to them about their lack of faith, but he was also um, foreshadowing the fact that there would be such power in communion for us as believers, the partaking of his blood and his flesh and doing that in his honor and constantly being fortified. There's a beautiful book I read, The Power of the Blood, mm-hmm. um, a book on communion that was that just does a wonderful job explaining why it's such an important um, practice. And it's something reserved only for believers. You're not supposed to partake if you're not a believer. Oh, look as Cindy said, Aramaic. That makes sense, Cindy. Yep. But why aren't any of the Bible versions in Aramaic? So like what language did Peter and the rest, and they probably all spoke Aramaic then. I don't think so. Very curious. Huh. Or to watch The Chosen. Maybe that'll tell us. No, they all speak in English of The Chosen. <laughs> Robert says... Robert saying hi from San Antonio Rehab. Missed you guys. We missed you too. Rehab. I hope you're doing okay from your hip surgery. How's that going? Or uh, another type of surgery. Robert, let us know. Let us know how we can pray for you. Uh, Before we leave the air, don't forget, last time was my fault. (laughs) So let us know how we can pray for you, Robert, for sure. So I I am reading a fascinating book that's just so beautifully written. Um, It's by Jackie Perry called Gay Girl, Good God. And Jackie Perry's story is that she was um, a lesbian uh, who came to Christ and now married, has two kids. 
and she's a spoken word poet. And it's, it's just so beautifully written. But uh, what reminded me of that in this passage was she's saying that like when she truly accepted the Lord and received the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, she said it wasn't like the same-sex attraction disappeared. She felt like, she said the Lord, just the Holy Spirit was giving her power to know that his indwelling, being in her, was more important, that that was more sacred. She started to get this sense of not only the willpower to stop her from doing it. So it's not mm -hmm. that she didn't have the attraction. She just now had a power to say, my love for him overrides my desire for sin. And that love just grew stronger. And she says, the more that she thought of herself and she gave this wonderful analogy to how Jesus overturns the tables in the temple. And she says, that's the way he looks at us. That like, at times you can imagine he would get so frustrated when we were filled with sin, like, stop it. Mm. This is the temple. And uh, Paul has said this too, like, this is the, uh, do not grieve the Holy Spirit by what you do and what you say, you know? And um, that's what she said, just kept growing and growing in her is that it was her love of God. And she said, I didn't expect that becoming saved meant I was suddenly going to be attracted to men. She just knew that what mattered to me was being saved is that my love for God mattered most. Mm. And that's how the transformation um, took over. And she says, ultimately, the man she married, she says it was I was attracted to that person. He was smart. He understood me. He um, he could handle my strength because she was also very strong um, and was also told she was always very masculine. Uh, but he saw through all of that. And she says, I fell in love with this person that was drawing me closer to the Lord. Mm. Um, it's just a really beautiful book. If every, any of you struggle with same sex relationships or know people that do, it is extraordinary. Really good book. Cindy says that she loves her story and listens to her often. Oh, how nice. I'm yeah. so glad to hear that. Yeah, she's just the, her voice is just uh, so beautiful. And just her her eloquence is beautiful, too. There's something that um, was, a, again, I, I went to a friend's church again today. I went with um, Kelly and his friend, um, Jason, and we sat together. And I thought it would be important for us to all to sit together oh, as men. Grace. Uh, yes. And that's, you know, that's something that I talked about even on the man, uh, podcast, the fearless man podcast is that one of the things that many men have difficulty coming into Christianity is that the, the, the concept of love and grace, that it feels kind of funny at, at first, but it, it is the thing that once you understand it and once you have it mm. and once you feel it, that you go, oh no, this, is, this awesome. is so different. Yeah. Because it it want it, it doesn't force you. What's the word I'm looking for? Maybe it is force. It, it compels. There, it compels you to now be stronger and mightier and more courageous and fearless. Well, and that's what and what she was saying. That's mm -hmm. the that's the Holy Spirit in us driving us that way. Right. We're but just surrendering to that power. We're not doing it in our own strength. That's awesome. So I hope that they got, I hope the two boys, they're teenagers, they're both uh, 16, 15 years old. Uh, just a little bit. There were some others that we were just, there were some other, fun, some other funny things that uh, 
uh, came up, but I, I, but I'm hoping that they heard that that they heard that the um, you know yesterday when we we had our podcast we were talking about um, the the guy who committed murder right and then went to prison and was then sent to death row and was supposed to die but then found Jesus and completely transformed his life and he was in, he ended up being saved became a pastor mm-hmm. as a matter of fact um, but the story that got me. More today, strangely enough, it was the very short story of the woman who um, who was, uh, you know, at Lee's church, Lee Strobel's church during uh, a period of time where they have a cross where you write your sin oh, on a right. piece of paper and then you nail it to the cross before you get baptized or before I think it's before you get baptized. Yes. Um, and her sin that she could not shake, that she did not feel that Jesus could forgive her for prior to doing this was that she had an abortion and she was scared to even write it on the paper. She was scared to write it. She wrote it in really tiny letters, hoping that nobody would be able to even see it, but she actually, she wrote it on the paper because that was the, the task at hand. And, and, the, and she carried it for so long. I, I, and I'm assuming, I don't know if he said how old she was, but how long she'd been carrying this in, but it, it felt like in the story that it was like somewhere around 10, maybe 15, 20 years. And that she had been carrying this burden and thinking that that somehow she could not be loved, not realizing how great God's love is. And the moment she she wrote it in really tiny letters and took it and nailed it to the cross, she she said it was just a miraculous feeling of a weight lifted off her shoulder that that God could even forgive her for that and, and lift that off of her so that she could move forward with her relationship with God. And, and, and bring her closer to God. But it is so interesting that these, these stories that, that Lee and as we've been doing these devotionals and we have come to meet each other and get to know each other and then eventually get married, that the love has, has been this central feeling, the this, this central aspect of. And the way she explains is similar to what uh, Spurgeon is saying mm-hmm. here is that we're all dining at the same table. And she says that instant love you feel for your brothers and sisters. She says, it's not really the person you're seeing. You're seeing your Jesus and you is seeing the Jesus in them. <laughs> and that's the attraction. Wow. So it's, it's the people that are at the feast, uh, at the, at the feast of the bridegroom mm-hmm. that are recognizing each other, like, oh my God, it's you. Oh, it's you because he's abiding in each of us. It's that wow. familiarity that's drawing us to one another. And as Spurgeon is saying to encourage us to draw even closer to one another because of that fellowship. Yeah. He says right here. And although we may not all feel alike, we can all feed alike on the bread of life that and, has come down from heaven. Yeah, and that we are, as Jesus' table of fellowship, we are one bread and one cup with each other. And as the loving cup is passed, we are joined in spirit to one another. So cool. Isn't it? And I love, and I was telling the story, who was I telling the story? Oh, to Michael Besson, uh, uh, Christian.com. I was on the show yesterday. And um, I was telling the audience uh, the story about how um, because he ended up talking about food too, somehow in, in, in what we were talking about on the, on his show yesterday. And I said, it's really interesting is that we, we had had this discussion about food and you felt compelled is I guess the best way to do it, that you had to have food, that this is your, 
um, the one thing that you knew had to happen at our at our home church. And the first time we did it, we ended with food. Yes. And then we had a discussion with Mariama and some other people, and they said, no, you need to start with food. And as we were talking yesterday, and as I'm reading this, it, it seems like that is the the first step of bringing a church together. Uh, and and now even reading this, it just really confirms your feelings and what it is that you felt was really important. And that's the first church, the Church of Acts. Wow. They were always, they were of one accord eating and sharing. You think they had a Traeger? No. Hmm. Well, I mean, they had their version. <laughs> The stone cast oven, or what is it called? The iron cast oven? Or... Yeah. Uh, let me just read what Jim has to say. It's not very long, but he says, um, Jesus' invitation to come and dine is a beautiful fulfillment of the following prophetic invitation given through Isaiah to the saved of the Lord. Come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come by and eat. Come, and it's by B-U-Y, not come by B-Y. Come by and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and your soul will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me. Hear me that your soul may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. That's from Isaiah 55, 1 through 3. And, and, and he goes on later, John, the apostle, was shown another fulfillment of the prophecy. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give, I will give to drink without cost from the spring of the water of life. He who overcomes will inherit all this and I will be his God, and he will be my son. From Revelations 21, 6 through 7. And lastly, he says, Lord, how blessed we are to be invited to dine with you. May we look forward with the great expectation to the wedding supper of the Lamb. Revelations 19, 9. I'm sorry, you were going to say? No. Oh. Um, I wanted to read the scripture. I just was uh, wondering, in the beginning, and I, it, it makes a lot more sense now than the first time I read it, is that you have no money. Come buy and eat. Right. Meaning because it doesn't cost anything. So interesting. <laughs> <laughs> because it's one of those things that, again, that if, even in the first time, I still had kind of a little bit of a struggle with it. I think I still battle with my fleshly self when I'm reading because I'm trying to read it as an earthly man, uh, not a godly man. And then when you are with, right, it is, but when you read it as a, as a uh, follower of Jesus Christ, things begin to make sense. It, it, he translates things for you. Holy Spirit. Yes. So interesting. Is so it, they say, we read the Bible, but we, what we really want is the Bible to read us. <laughs> That's so cool. All right. We'll get to the scripture now. Jesus. Um, Jesus, John 21, 12. I'm still stuck on what language Jesus was speaking. Uh, Jesus said to them, come and dine. And none of you disciples, none of the disciples dared ask, who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. Oh, look at this says here on, the, on the right. The yeah. About because, the Bible and the language. Yeah, because oh. that I was pulling up the words oh. because they're in Hebrew and Greek. But that's not what he was speaking. Right. 
Uh, John's, so this is part of uh, John 635 is the beginning of the passage where he's talking to the Pharisees who are um, very dense. And then we read the other part. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never grow hungry and will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, you still do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I've come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of he who sent me. And then he goes on. And then Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Can you imagine hearing him say that? <laughs> Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna in the desert and died, but who who feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. See, so like, remember the resurrection hasn't happened, the death, the crucifixion hasn't happened. So mm -hmm. they're like, what is he talking about? Like, is this some cannibalistic ritual he's going right. to start right now? They had no idea whether he was going to, like, get a knife and start, you yeah. know. Um, <laughs> but that's the but that's the thing is that was the cool part about Jesus, I think, too, is that he the the less they understood, the more he did it, the more he talked in riddles, riddles yeah. and parables, you know. So because the people who were supposed to understand will and those who won't would just be even more confused. Mm. Psalm 63, 5, I will be fully satisfied as with the richest of foods, with singing lips, my mouth will praise you. Singing lips. Singing lips. <laughs> Wowzers. All right. And Robert's telling us that his hospital stay is for a second opinion on his hip fracture and specific rehab. Mm. Well, we pray that the doctors um, give you something that sits in your heart and uh, gives you the answer, the clarity, because uh, there's nothing worse than confusion from medical opinions where you're like one saying one thing and the other saying something else. And so um, let's pray real quick. Uh, dear Lord, we lift up your son, Robert, to you, who's you, as you know, better than any of us going um, through these very difficult physical ailments and uh, fractures and rehab and all of the treatments that the doctors want to prescribe or do, uh, Lord, you are the great physician. You are his ultimate healer. And we ask for your supernatural healing and, and to give him discernment and wisdom to know that when he hears the answer that is from you, Lord, that it sits in his heart and brings peace and that he knows that that is the way he shall go. And as you say, he will hear a voice from the Lord saying, this is the way, walk in it. So, Lord, we ask that you guide him, that you protect him. And for all of our brothers and sisters that are listening, Lord, that you give us wisdom, you give us strength and courage and wisdom to navigate the troubled waters of our lives these days, that we be good mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, friends, Lord, that we just be good people, salt and light in the earth, and, and that people know that they can come to us, Lord, to Receive more of you, less of you, less of us and more of you, Lord. Uh, thank you. We love you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Very good. Um, 
Let's see. At Calvary Chapel, Tina Hills, we had to watch online today. Yes. My daughter had a stunt tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you got it. It's a, it's really a, it's really a cool thing. They, I mean, they're all 15 year old, 16 year old girls. None of them weighs more than 130 pounds and they're lifting 100, 110 pound girls, maybe 60 times in three hours. You know, I mean, it's brutal. Mm. It's a brutal sport. I mean, all of us moms are in the stands thinking to ourselves, God, <laughs> that is hard. So much pressure, so much pressure to win and uh, to do well. But they have amazing coaches, very supportive, uh, good, strong Christians. Which is uh, such a great experience. It's awesome. And um, we got to give the kids a bunch of. Uh, all of our kids had friends over. Yeah. The it's a little bit of an animal house this weekend. Yes, it was a little crazy. Yes. And you did amazing, ladies. Yeah, I, was, I think I did. <laughs> I think I did. We had so many kids that we dealt with. <laughs> because we have so many kids, it of course, they have friends. And so I, I, I think in total, probably very close to 20 kids we ran through Yes. Uh, at, at some point, either in our car or through our house. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, one of the things, uh, just uh, I have just two things, two quick things. And one of the, the important things in relationship to, um, uh, you know, what's happening in our schools and how we get attacked as conservative Christians is, of course, they, they always want to say we're hypocrites. They want to say that we're racist. They want to say that we're white supremacist. You are a white supremacist. <laughs> um, and it's just nonsense because we battle against the critical race theory, the um, uh, DEI, and the, uh, the, the LGBTQ and the sex education. Oh, we're also homophobic. So you, you take all these words that we get attacked with, where their whole purpose with these things, the CRT, the E, DEI, and all this other kind of stuff, is to separate us into groups of Black, Hispanic, Asian, white, gay, gay straight, transgender, furries, and we're all in these separate groups. That is, that is taking us so far back. Right. The, the, the separation of every every person into these groups and then the lowering everything to the lowest denominator in, in education and in work and in, in product and everything else. Um, but my point of, of if, if anybody, if any of these people would come around us for just a weekend like this last weekend, they would see the United Nations. They would see gay, straight, atheists walking through our house having fun, <laughs> loving being with us and saying hi and thank you. Us necessarily. Yeah, Maybe. I, I think they do. I think they, they appreciate that we invite them to our house, that we give them a ride, that we're usually the ones that will say yes. Yes. Um, yes, and... we are definitely the ones that say yes. <laughs> but you see what I'm getting at is that you have these people that just attack us like crazy and we just laugh. Like I mean, we're just uh, like we don't get offended. ogres, like the yeah. show. And we just kind of laugh. I go, yeah. You have no idea what's happening in our house right now. <laughs> I mean, just looking in the mirror yesterday, driving after we picked up at, um, uh, not the five, what's it called? Yeah, uh, Sky know, Zone. Sky Zone. Um, just driving, looking in the mirror. We had Hispanics. We had Vietnamese, Japanese, <laughs> Persian, uh, white. Like, and they're all squished together, right? We're singing songs and they're all sweaty from having fun together. Yeah. And I just, it always makes me think of, those people are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> This is how it's supposed to be. We're just one. 
We're yes. one with God, not a bunch of individual races and, and religions and whatever. Right? It, it's it's a beautiful mixture of amazing children that all they want to do is have fun and, on some level, be educated. <laughs> we want them to be we want them to be educated. Yeah. Um, but you see what I mean? It's just like Absolutely. when you when you just look at our house, it's just so crazy. Uh, I mean, even look, uh, you know, what was happening in our house between the boys that were here and all the, all the nonsense and everything. Yeah, there was no nobody said, "Oh, you're, you know, you can't, you can't do this because you're well, whatever I, race." I'm actually so grateful that they're not absorbing that. Mm. They're not absorbing all the stuff the school's feeding them about this color and that color. It, right. it seems like they're they all are kind of. Oh, this is something that the big people are arguing about. This is something the adults yeah. are arguing about. But for us, it means absolutely nothing yeah. because they could have been a lot of them internalizing it. And, mm-hmm. and God willing that it'll stay that way where they just think it's it's basically grown-ups fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, Unless you hear a teacher, then there's like these teachers who get up at the podium and say, oh, they're just so fearful when they walk into like, what are you talking about? Yeah. You're causing them to be fearful. Yeah. You keep uh, feeding that stuff. Them. The, the other thing before we get off is that, um, you know, Jack really started off strong with uh, Proposition 1 here in the state of California. And all of you in California really, um, really need to go to the website that he suggests, which I can't think what it is now. Stop Prop 1. Stop Prop 1. Dot com. Uh, and, um, and really look at what's happening here in California and, and find every person you know to fight against this prop one, uh, the, the late term abortion, um, all the way to the birth, the, the, the child's birthday, uh, the, the, the child can be aborted. Um, and in horrific, and today he even put a picture up of a, a dead baby that uh, after the abortion, which is shocking in church, but he says, we have to do this yeah. because people are just seem to be ignoring it. It's not that. One of the cheerleaders today had a baby with her and it was, oh. yeah, she was 15 years old. Oh, wow. Um, but it was, it was quite beautiful. Hmm. You know, because obviously she had a choice and she didn't yeah. make that choice. And it was the cutest baby you'd ever see. And she, in between, her mom was there. And in between sets, um, the baby was on her lap with a little pacifier and a little blanket and just resting. Kid didn't move, just rested on her mom's tummy. Um, and she would go up and jump and come back and sit with the baby. Oh. It, was, it was the cutest, sweetest thing. And I was thinking to myself, like, that's something... Uh, that's just, I know we we look at it as tragic. I, I mean, I don't know if she was married. She was obviously very, very young, but, um, but just having the courage to say, no matter what, I'm 15 years old and this may change the trajectory of my life forever, but I'm not going to abort this baby, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think it takes a lot of courage. Yeah. And I like what, because this is something I was talking about about a year ago too, was that the choice is at the time you're having sex, right? He's saying right. this pro-choice is, is, is silly because that's not, that's not when the choice started. That's the choice happened when you decided to have, that was the choice here. here right. It's just, it's either you're pro-life or pro-death. And I think for, she was Hispanic. And mm-hmm. I think uh, for the most part, a lot of times it's faith that mm-hmm. stops them from aborting it. It's yeah. like, Oh, we just don't, we don't do that. We, we don't kill babies. Yeah. So I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you don't get married. Okay, yeah, it's out of wedlock, but we, we don't kill babies. Yeah. So again, if you know anybody in California or you live in California, you got to make sure and tell as many people as possible about no on prop one. Anything else, my love? I think that's it. All right. 
Robert, we're thinking about you. We'll continue to pray for you. Yes. Continue to pray for your healing and um, and the doctors will, uh, will will be blessed with their skills to make sure that they do everything they can to make you feel better. Amen. That'd be awesome. All right, my friends. Oh, Edify Up. We are part of the Christian Broadcast Network. It's edifi.app. Check it out. Living Fearless Devotional. Subscribe. Forward to friends. We would be most grateful. Yes. All right. Now that's it. We love you guys. God bless. God bless.